With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network and AsylumFantasySports.com. I have a special guest in studio, somebody you all may remember. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Rick Briggs. Yes, sir. We are Flagger and Briggs. If you didn't know that, you should by now. Yes, I am back. You know, Rick, and it's good to be back, and it's a, a twofold purpose. Ooh, really? Okay. I mean, you know, number one, obviously, contrary to what most listeners would think, I actually enjoy coming down here and being insulted and insulting back. It's you, fun. You have a funny way of showing enjoyment, yeah. but I believe you, knowing yeah. you as I do. But, you know, the, the second fold of it is, you know, I had to get back because, quite frankly, you were doing such a good job with oh, me yeah. gone. I was going to squeeze you out. I, I mean, was I was getting get ready to get the boot, and I needed to come back in and bring the show down yeah, a yeah. little bit. Bring it down, because if the numbers started taking off and we start getting commercial endorsements without you and I squeeze you out, so you got to bring the show back right. to the level of, that you normally provide. Exactly. So, Ford, Chrysler, get out. <laughs> I'm back. We won't take your money, and Rick Briggs is back. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rick. Well, let's jump right into it here. A million things to cover. Of course, we got game balls. We got stinky socks. Not going to go over a lot of the headlines. Check out uh, Fantasy Sports Network, fantasysportsnetwork.com, Saturday at 1 o'clock Eastern. You can get all the headlines there. And, of course, we'll have the most up-to-date stuff on the slant. But we do got to talk about our boy Rick, Big Ben Roethlisberger, four to six weeks. And, quite frankly, it's a miracle it was that. Yeah, I mean, thank – yeah – Thank the, the the heavens or the football gods, whatever. He's Yahweh. built like a built like a tree trunk right. because that looked bad. That looked so Carson bad. Palmer. You know what happened to him when he got hit? I thought for and sure Brady. It was over. Some of them, yeah. I thought at minimum, best case scenario, that was an ACL. That didn't look too far off of a break, right? Either, which I guess is what this deep bone bruise is. I never understood that. It sounds like it hurts like a hell, but I never I'm understood sure it what does. it was. But he was real close to having that leg broken. You get somebody like him missing four to six weeks, it hurt. Oh, yeah, no question about it. He's already barking like he might be able to come back next week in uh, week five. Right. We'll see about that. Don't be surprised, though, if he doesn't come back a week or two early. Yeah, at minimum, I hear a lot of, you know, when you hear on the big networks, out four to six weeks, but this is likely a six-week injury. Ben Roethlisberger, don't be surprised if it's four weeks. Yeah, exactly. And don't be surprised if it's even three. I mean, right. it's a sprained MCL is the diagnosis. Not torn, not even pulled. It's sprained. Right. You know, nothing's broken. And this guy, there's something about him, you know. And let's not forget the fact this year, unlike in years past, and I think this is a point a lot of the big networks are missing as they talk about how key this is, about how it limits his mobility. 
We haven't seen that junk this year, Rick, even second half of last year. The way this offense is structured, the offensive line is healthy and playing well. He's dropping back, making his pass 45 of them a game for 350 yards. He hasn't done all these evasive maneuvers. Right. We all know Ben Roethlisberger before. He's become a legitimate pocket-passing quarterback, which might speed his recovery. Well, because he can. Right. Well, exactly. Before, it was, he was running for his life every time he got the ball. You know, and he's um, having the year that he was having with Marquise Ponce out. I mean, right. this line is very solid. Yeah, no question about that. So, uh, two questions we got to look at here. We'll, we'll start with just a general football perspective. Number one, do the Steelers survive this? Can the Steelers survive this? Number two, we'll talk about what does it mean for Le'Veon Bell? What does it mean for Antonio Brown? And maybe to a lesser degree, I don't know, Heath Miller. You got Martavis Bryant coming back next week. How does this affect? Obviously, it crushes you if Ben Roethlisberger was your fantasy quarterback. This is one of the three best quarterbacks in fantasy football. But what does it mean for these other guys? But let's start out first, Rick. Let's say four games. What does this do to the Pittsburgh Steelers for four games, who have a murderer's row of a schedule coming up over these next four weeks? Yeah, they do. It means, number one, you don't have a one of the best quarterbacks in the league on the field. Simple as that. We saw the struggles they had adapting to Todd Haley's offense. But you nailed it. That's where I was going, Rick. So that's, that's my biggest concern right there. Michael Vick, fortunately, is a veteran and – has a pretty good grasp with the NFL. He's never had a, a, a Todd Haley offense, which, of course, I think, you know, it, it takes some doing. I think they're going to, and I don't want to use the term dumb it down, but I think they're going to simplify it some just because they're going to have to. Right. Number two, what's it mean to Heath Miller? Well, I could see maybe a dip in his production for the simple reason him and Mike Vick really don't have the chemistry that, you know, I mean, he's become Ben's security blanket. And maybe they will. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it it's, it's, it's a tough thing to say. But they just doesn't – you don't have the timing. And I'm not, not just with Heath Miller, but everybody. You just right. don't have the timing and everything in the offense. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be fine. I think the running game is going to be fine. He it's, might be better. Could I wonder be. if he might be better in, in a PPR format especially. Could I don't be. know how well, and we'll talk about Antonio Brown next, I don't know how well and how much they're going to trust Michael Vick to push the ball down the field. We know he's got a cannon. He can throw the ball out of the stadium. We've, we've got videos of that at least 10 years ago. <laughs> I guess we don't know what the arm strength is now. But I think if, and here, here becomes the first and most important question. Excellent point with Vic being able to pick up Todd Haley's offense. And quite frankly, it took Ben Roethlisberger a year and a half to pick up. Now, it, does that mean that difficult that offense is that complicated? Because remember, Ben was being pretty stubborn about it as well. That's so true I don't know too. how much, which is which, how much either direction. But Todd Haley's a stubborn guy. Is he willing to adjust and make this offense work for Michael Vick? See, here's where they could be all right. Look, you're not going to come out of this completely unscathed. you got the Ravens tomorrow night. You travel out to San Diego on Monday. Now, you never know what Chargers team you're going to get. 
you could get a Chargers team that looks unbeatable, or you could get a Chargers team that makes the Jaguars look like the Patriots. That that's that's up in the air. Then you're welcoming the Cardinals into your place. Then you've got to go to Kansas City, who we don't know who Kansas City is. We never know who they are, but that's a tough place to play. If this stretches into five weeks or six weeks, then you've got the Bengals and the Raiders. So this is a rough, rough schedule. Oh, there's no question about that. Yeah, Kansas City, I think we do know who Kansas City is. Look, they bumbled away a game to Denver that had them beat against one of the best defenses in the league. Okay? They lost to, to Green Bay. Right. Which is a very legitimate loss, who I think is the best team right now in the NFL. Kansas City is a, is a very good team. They're a playoff team in my mind. I think, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Baltimore is a dangerous, dangerous. Especially at 0-3. That team's too good to go 0-4, Rick. They have to be. You would think, well. Especially against a Michael Vick team. That's one thing. But let's not forget, Joe Flacco's eaten Steeler defenses for lunch well, the last few years. Thing to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, that game really worries me. Arizona right now just looks like monsters. Oh, so you're not touching Arizona without a Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, if they get out of that, they get out of that two and two, it oh, looks like it's success. That'd a, oh, that'd be a miracle. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you're going to give a game or two away to Cincinnati, and you're playing for the wild card. But so be it. And so we we look at, at Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it's I think he's fine. Maybe less in the running game. If you're in a standard league, now look, you're not sitting Le'Veon Bell down, but maybe you temper your expectations there because how much fear do defense our defense is going to have a Michael Vick? You're going to crowd the line of scrimmage and try to take that run game away from Le'Veon Bell. But I think if Todd Haley isn't stubborn and tailors this offense and simplifies it for Michael Vick, which is a big if, quite frankly, then I think Le'Veon Bell shines even more than he normally does in a PPR format. Antonio Brown's the wild card here. Because he's not going to have the amount of opportunities. But he is so damn good, Rick. I don't know if there's any slowing him down. Maybe you don't see 12 for 190. Maybe you see 8 for 120. But I think Antonio Brown's fine. Because if I'm Michael Vick and all else fails, just fling it up somewhere near the kid. He's going to make the play. If Michael Vick can still extend plays, and that's a big if because he's not the guy he was 10, 12 years ago, if he can still extend plays, Antonio Brown is the best receiver in the league at busting coverage, finding an open space somewhere and making big plays. So I have no worry about Le'Veon Bell. I'm at about a 10% panic level on Antonio Brown, but I'm at about a 75% panic level as a Steeler fan in general. Yeah, and, and let's face it, it rests on Michael Vick. And not in the way, oh, yeah, the, you know, the, like it rested on Charlie Batch or something like that. Charlie Batch knew, knew the system, knew the team, and, and did what he had to do when he came in. Michael Vick, to your point, he can't do what he used to do. No. He has to know that. He hasn't played really much in the last, what, yeah. three years. He played a lot in 2013 before yeah, he got 2013, hurt. Yeah, 2013, exactly. So he has to realize what he can and cannot do any longer, and he has to learn to utilize the weapons, which are everywhere on this they, team. They really are. I mean, he came from week, some when teams. And when you get Martavis Bryant back. Exactly. He came from some teams where he was the primary weapon. He's not. He's just a catalyst to get them the ball, and that's what he has to realize. Give it to your weapons and let the line take care of everything else. Now, here is where 
the 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 fantasy the football gods you talked about football Yahweh here is where football Yahweh gives and football Galway? Yahweh takes like Galway away. girls I think that Yahweh oh, maybe. I think somebody uses that for I like Jesus that song of Galway girls I don't even know what that is oh man but what is this you ever heard of Steve Earl Copperhead Road. Okay, I know Copperhead Road. Uh, He did Galway Girl. Uh, Great song. He should have stuck with Copperhead Road. Good song. You never heard it, so you don't know. That's a fair point. I'll give you that one. So, worst case scenario, these stupid, as much as I like one more day of football, these stupid Thursday night games, this is terrible. So, not only do you lose Ben Roethlisberger, you got Michael Vick coming into this tough offensive scheme going against a division rival, and you get to do it on all a three days rest. So, uh, so much for your player safety crap there, Roger Goodell. Oh, yeah. So that's where football Yahweh takes away. But here's where he giveth. So now they play Thursday, and then they're off till Monday night before they go to San Diego. So I think we could see disaster tomorrow, and then we're going to know what we're going to have with Michael Vick next week because now he's got, what, 12 days to prepare for that game. So there's Yahweh giving it back to you a little bit. So I expect complete and utter disaster almost on all fronts. Of course, I'm not going to tell you to sit Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown, but you could see complete and utter disaster tomorrow night. But I think you avoid them in your daily leagues, obviously. But I think you're going to be okay going forward. I love having that 12 days after that game yeah. to get victory. And prepared. I'll tell you another thing that Yahweh is given or whatever. Baltimore don't have many weapons. They should be able to move the ball. If you they get, should, but they haven't. Right. Oh, offensively, they got no weapons. Well, they got Steve Smith, about. and that's where it ends. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and, and Lord knows that he's been knocking it dead. Nobody can seem to stop the guy. And it's surprising to me. Right. I mean, he, not take away, I think this guy, the Hall of Famer. They can't stop him. No. He's 106 years old. No, at minimum. Yeah. Minimum. <laughs> you know, so. Bold prediction, though, the way, as a, take it as a Steeler fan who has watched a lot of these, ga- these games between these two teams over the year. Do you know this is going to be the seventh time in his career Ben Roethlisberger has missed a Ravens game? Really? This always happens, Lena. They're one in five. This is the seventh game coming in. There was that one game where – That's uh, a great stat. Was, I believe it was, it was either Batch or Dixon, I can't remember, threw that late touchdown that wasn't within a yard and a half of a touchdown. I remember he caught it, his feet were in the end zone, but the ball was about on a two-yard line. I can't even remember who the receiver yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. And they gave him the touchdown, and the Steelers won like 13-9 to nine yep. or something. One of them classic – Ravens Steelers games when there was defense on both teams. Right. Now there's zippy defense between the two of them, especially with Suggs out, so you could see a shootout. I've completely forgot where I was going with that right now. Oh, bold prediction. Yeah, bold prediction. Brown Marlon Brown has a long touchdown in this game. There's always somebody late in these games, if this game manages to stay close, who isn't named Steve Smith or Anquan Bolden, who's obviously moved on who tortures the Steelers and the Steelers' secondary. Since, Joe, since, Joe Flacco finds yeah. these secondary targets against since that. Since we um, you know, make our predictions on the slant and the Thursday night games already played, let's do it tonight. Let's make your prediction for Thursday night's game. I wrote for the, uh, the Fantasy Greeks preview I wrote last night. I've got bold prediction, Brown with a long touchdown, and I've got Baltimore winning this game 31-16. All right. I think it could be disastrous. Just on the short turnaround is my biggest issue. Bold prediction from Rick Briggs. No, you, you're not going to do it. Steelers 29, Baltimore 24. That was your prediction right there. That, that That's bold. I'll give you that. If you're right, you're going to look like a stud. 
you'll be the only one betting on that. All right, oh, yeah, and boy, I tell you what, yeah, apologies to our, our boy Jim Serentia as a fantasy Greek. I have just been off the grid, and, uh, you know, I usually do a lot of work for him as, as well as you do during the season. <laughs> I've done a squat the last have two weeks. you told weeks. everybody what you have going on? I didn't know if I was allowed to talk about it on the slant. Why don't you plug what's about to happen to to one Mr. Rick Briggs? Well, we're just uh, – With your monocle, you're like the Monopoly guy yeah, now. Rick Briggs, yes. the, the business owner, the mogul. Yes, we uh, – Wife and I have purchased a business, and we're trying to get renovations done and uh, opened up, hopefully, in about a week and a half, we're hoping. So, I mean, maybe two weeks at the most. But uh, well, It's nice to see a husband and wife being able to run a strip club together. That, that's very impressive. Yeah, I get a progressive family, you guys are. Well, yeah. I mean, we are. We, we're open to, you know – I mean, it's like it's a family strip club, though. <laughs> okay, you well, that's know. good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, kids can do it. We don't care. Right. You Class know? it up a little bit, no <laughs> doubt about it. So No, uh, but uh, no, we're going to uh, – it's going to be a, like a, a retail store. It's called Rosemary Lane. So uh, I was going to ask you that. I didn't even know what the name was. I just go there and mock your handiwork. I don't ask, ask, ask any uh, serious, hard-hitting questions about the business. I no, guess. he has li- no interest whatsoever. Actually, in his defense, though, um, I think it was last week, he actually held a board I did. because I he's did. tall. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and everybody else in my family's so, a midget. So my fingerprints are all over that place. You can thank yeah. me when the business <laughs> takes Boy, off. I'll tell you uh, what. I, I expect a sign somewhere thanking <laughs> yeah. me for my contribution. All right, Rick, let's get into it. So many game balls, so many smelly socks. I don't even know where to start. You've been off for the last six weeks. Dealer's choice, Six Rick, weeks? UKP. That's what it felt like on Sunday, well, anyhow. Yeah, and I apologize, but I actually was going to call in. Just couldn't do it, man. I tell you, I was building a wall and uh, got it done, too. Well, that's good. Is it straight-ish? It's Plum square, oh, perfect. Come on, quarter inches close enough. New, I'm telling that. you what. I tell you what. It's like it, that Amish craftsmanship. Oh yeah. <laughs> remember that time? It wasn't uh, Liz Lowe's. It wasn't. It asked if you were Amish. You yeah. <laughs> well, it actually, didn't ask me. Ask um. Um. When I went off the air, well, I just stayed in the studio and was listening. Well, oh, okay. John Evans were talking. They were mocking your uh, because dic- I'm from diction. northern Pennsylvania, saying I was you know sounded rural. <laughs> Rural, whatever that means. <laughs> you know, rural. And, you know, so, and, well, that's what John said. What do you mean, rural? You know, she goes, you know, out, out in the country, rural. And uh, he goes, oh, rural. And he goes, yes. And then so they got this discussing Pennsylvania and says, well, you know, there's a lot of Amish people no, in there. Maybe he's Amish. And then John said, <laughs> No, he wouldn't be on cell phones and computers. <laughs> I'm guessing the Amish. You, I wonder if there's any Amish fantasy football league. We need to look into that. Yeah. wonder if they ought to have, like, um, you know, instead of NASCAR, maybe like NASBuggy or something. That could be. Yeah, I don't know. They got it. What do they do for fun? Do they do anything for fun? I drink. Well, I, I know, know they're a bunch of drunks. I can yeah. attest to that. Which I have is seen fine. Everybody hammered. is. You I have know. seen some hammered Amish. Guys. Yeah. Hammered. Yeah, I know. Okay, let's go for some game balls. Oh, yeah, let's do that. My first game ball goes my boy, Greg Olson. Finally exploded. You know, eight catches, one thirty-four, and two touchdowns. Eight catches on eleven targets. Just a, just a great game for Greg Olson. What I expected to see a lot of him, and he's slow started. Going to say, oh boy, bold prediction for Greg Olson. But I tell you what, 
looks like Greg Olson of last year now. And I think you're going to see a lot of that going forward, quite, quite frankly. Uh, what was it, two weeks ago I hopped on uh, – with our boy Dan Claskins on Fox Sports down there in Cincinnati. And we, and we talked about how much concern we have about certain players going forward. This was after week one when we were all in panic mode about everything. And we, we talked a good good long time about Greg Olson. And yeah, it was a slow start. And I think that offense is poor enough to where there's going to be games like this where they're just not moving the ball and not even Greg Olson can bail them out. They're still in a pretty bad division. And as far as I'm concerned, by and large, a top-heavy conference, quite frankly. The NFC is so top-heavy, but there are some god-awful teams in that conference. So yeah. Carolina is going to continue to be one of the better teams in that division I and guess. in that conference. Right. So I think Greg Olson has plenty of opportunities. Yeah. He's going to break your heart at some time. I hope it doesn't come during the playoffs. But I think this stat line something you can expect more often than not. I think Greg Olson's that good. Yeah, he's that good. He has great chemistry with, with Cam Newton, and that defense is good enough to keep them in most games. So he's always going to have opportunities to be heavily involved. I agree. All right. Uh, we're doing a game ball here, so I'm going to start right at the top. I did not see this one coming, Rick, and I heard other folks predicting it, but folks telling me, get this guy in your daily lineup, and I ignored it. So I missed the boat big time on this one. Devontae Freeman, 30 carries, 141 yards, three touchdowns with our boy, uh, what 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 I call, uh, I called him Tevin Coleman or something. Right. And I botched it with our boy from Tony, Tony Tone. But he's out. He's going to be back shortly. Uh, simple, simple as this, Rick. Buy or sell Devontae Freeman. Buy or sell that performance. You know that that's such a tough call because he's he's been very sketchy, you know, during his career, and Atlanta's run game's been very sketchy right. too. It it's it's one of those things you you love it when you have. I mean, I have not really believed fantasy wise in anything from Atlanta on the running back situation since Michael Turner had some right. of those years. Right, or, and that was early on. He had some bad years yeah, at the end Yeah, exactly. Well. So, I, I don't know what to make of it. You know, do I say, oh, yeah, you better get him in every week? I don't know that. I mean, I'd hate to say, yeah, you better start Devontae Freeman, and all of a sudden he goes back to 22 yards and two catches. I think you've got to start him this week. Oh, I think, yeah. If you have him. However, I don't buy it. I think he'll but be fine, is, but I don't buy it. point is, you have Devontae Freeman, okay? Right. Somewhere along the line, you had two starting running backs. Exactly. Okay, we have to play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously you're going to start your Jamal Charles, all that, who is the the number one back. Say you have um, – trying to think of somebody – Latavius Murray. You know what? I'm going to play Mert. No, I can't, Rick. I can't. I absolutely – after that performance, it might cost me this week. I almost have to have him, but, but Freeman, he, in the top six or seven this week. It may burn me. Or do I wait? take the wait and see? You you know me. I'm, I'm going to shove all He has all four in. touchdowns, but he has three in one game. Right, exactly. Latavius Murray right been now – stud. Right now is behind him in, in fantasy scoring – but he's got 60 more yards, you know, and he only has the two touchdowns, obviously, but they're right at the same um, 
production basically in receiving. You know, they're, they're about 11 points apart, but it said there's two extra touchdowns from Freeman. But he's not going to get three touchdowns every game. Right. That's what scares me about it. You know what, I'm backing off, and he's going it, – it happened one time. He's going up against Houston this week, who it still plays a pretty good brand of defense, especially on the defensive line. I'm going to take Latavius Murray there. Mark Ingram. I'm going to play Freeman over Ingram. Okay. I, I probably would, too. Um Another surprise stud, Deion Lewis. Well, he's got a bye week this week. Okay, so yeah, he's in a bye, easy. so that, that doesn't count. Um, Gio Bernard. Well, I think I'm going to play Freeman, but but we could talk about Bernard later if we want. Yeah, I mean, see, that's that's the thing. I guess where when you go in there, yeah, you can say, yeah, you start him, but you have to realize where a lot of these owners got him they have a stable – you would think that they would have a stable of, of two starting Probably, backs. Probably, because he was your fourth running back drafted, I have right. to imagine. So, I mean, I, I get, guess you get to a point where you have to figure out, do I bench a starter who actually is performing? I mean, some of them probably aren't. Right. You know, like maybe, I don't know, a TJ Yeldon or something yeah. like that. Yeah, man, get him out of there. Put Freeman in there. But you have to be a little cautious on some of these guys. Yeah, I think, you know, I play him over you – know, let's come up with a list real quick. I play him over – Yeldon was a good one. I play him over Lamar Miller. I play him over Justin Forsett. A lot of these guys, it would have been okay, drafted. How about Carlos Hyde now? I think over Carlos Hyde. I do too now after that first week. Where's like, all wow, of San, wow. you know, well, Carlos. when all of San Francisco looked like, wow, we, we missed yeah. on that one in the offseason – and then for two weeks, we see what we expected from San <laughs> right. Francisco, maybe even a little worse than what we expected, as they just get their doors absolutely blown off twice. I'm not sure it's a Carlos Hyde problem as much as it is a 49ers problem, but I think the, the ceiling's higher on a Freeman and the floor's not quite as low without Campbell out there. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there, there's just a lot of dilemmas. And we're going to get a lot of this during the slant. I can already oh, see yeah. that. Oh, yeah, there's going to be Devontae Freeman Devontae. or yeah. I don't know, Chris Johnson. Yeah. You know, there's another one. I mean, and it's going to be – I think it's going to be that one. It's going to be Freeman with Ellington, assuming Ellington does come back. That's the thing, though. I mean, we, we talked about um, – who was it? We were. Oh, yeah, do we rush uh, Arian Foster back? You know, if right. you're talking about him. Okay, you just had Chris Johnson just put out uh, um, a game like he did last week. And back-to-back 20-carry games, which that's the stunning part. Right. Less, more so than the production, which is stunning. Yeah. 42 carries over two games. You can knock me over with a feather when it comes to that. Right, exactly. But the point I was trying to make, do you really need to rush Ellington in? No, certainly not. Give him another week of rest. Let Johnson carry the load. Then if you want to lighten it up a little bit, make sure Ellington's okay. True. I, I, I mean, this is a team. Because he's never okay, so no, another he, week of rest can't hurt him. Exactly. But if you're going to throw him in there, let Johnson rest up. But, see, this is a team that has been plagued, with it seems like, on offense with injuries right. year after year. Right. I, I just say don't push it. All right. So, uh that's enough positivity there, Rick. That, that was uh, way too kind from all of us. Let's get into what you do best and uh, crush somebody. Oh, and I'll tell you what. This guy, this is some something that we need to discuss in other versions or, or 
somewhere along the line we were talking about buy low or cut bait or you know on on some of these guys in on the fantasy sports network show Alfred Morris yeah yeah six carries 19 yards he this is a thousand yard runner I think every year he's been a lick right and he's a young man and all of a sudden he's not even starting I don't get it I and the thing is, in week one, he got the job done. Right. In week two, he got phased out for the rookie. In week three, everybody got shut down. But the concerning part is he's not seeing the ball. No. And I talked about – I can't remember what show it was last week, Rick, where I talked about him and I talked about this situation – and I, I got rid of all that paperwork just right before we went on the air. I wish I'd have held on to it. There was a quote from Gruden that said, Alfred Morris is still going to be the primary back in this offense. The way that Giants game went, the pace of play, the the down and distance, everything just worked against Alfred Morris. But he still says, and he was pretty clear about it, which you don't get from a coach very often, that Alfred Morris is still the lead back on this team. The problem is you can't trust it. Ideally, you would think as well as both of these guys have ran so far, as well as the Redskins as a team have run the ball, and as god-awful as Kirk Cousins is, we talk about it so often, you almost think you'd have a Ronnie Brown, Ricky Williams situation here, but it's kind of been a one or the other. So how involved do you want to get into that? You know, in a bye week, in an injury situation, you may have no choice. But I think for the most part, you've got to avoid this until you see them both getting work. You know, ideally what you see is Alfred Morris getting 20 carries, averaging four yards a carry, and getting the goal line work and being just sort of average, good, solid, RB2, high-end flex kind of guy. And then you see the Rook come in. And get the splash plays, and he's going to end up with 12 carries for 60 yards, 70 yards, bust the long touchdown, have some success in the passing game, but they haven't shown that that's how they're going to work these guys yet. Now, Gruden says, seems to indicate that's his intention, but we haven't seen it yet. Oh, and they make up you know, all these reasonings. Well, Alfred Morris wasn't used a lot because they were trailing to the Giants most of the game. Well, they're going to be trailing to everybody most of the game. Well, I mean, okay, they lost to Miami. He had 121 yards against Miami right. in week one. They blew the doors off St. Louis in week two. You would think in a game like that, ball control, he had 59 yards. Now against the Giants in week three, is 19 yards, only six carries. That's this. That's that, my concern because he's a volume guy. And that speaks volumes to me, quite frankly. And he's got a stinky sock for week three and from I, And I think yeah, what you have to look at, and we'll get off of this because I don't want the whole show to be on the Redskins running back situation. You talk about they, they blew the doors off of St. Louis, and they really did. They dominated them for even as close as that score was. 24-10 is not even close. Right, you're right, in, in the NFL especially. Matt Jones was the main reason for that, quite frankly. Kirk Cousins did nothing. They got a nice defensive per- performance, but that was a Matt Jones game, and he was the reason they did what they did in week two, and then they gave him the bulk of the work against the Giants. All well, he only had work, 11 carries first. against the Giants. Well, Fumble, loss, yeah. and so they gave it to Thompson. Yeah, they knew and, this Thompson donkey right. showed up out of nowhere and, and took all the glory. So, 
hard to say there. That's a situation I'm glad I'm not in. For as much love as I gave him in the preseason, I have no Alfred Morris shares whatsoever. So guess I, I dodged a bit of a bullet there. So many guys for my stinky sock, Rick, but I'm going to do this one because just for some reason I flat don't like the guy, and I haven't since he was a rookie, and it might be because he got so hyped up and everybody told me he was the next greatest quarterback, and I disagreed and was mocked roundly. How about your boy Colin Kaepernick, Rick? A stout <laughs> 9 for 19 for 67 yards and only four picks. Not a bad performance out of the next Joe Montana, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is probably the – I will say C.J. Spiller is the diamond call of the asylum. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick is the – the Ruby call, because I tell you what, we didn't buy into him from day one when he was making some of these splashes. He he surprised a few people early on. They had a dominant defense. He rode that train. The next year, they were used to him. Right. Things started changing NFL for him. NFL figures these guys out. Yeah, and they have to adapt. Hey, look, guys like Peyton Manning and them, they're, they don't sit there and, and sit and, and go into the film room hours on end before everybody's staying there just because they just think it's great. <laughs> they This guy reads defenses. That's why he's still effective. He's 30, he throws lame ducks all oh, over the place. Awful. But the point is he throws it two seconds before the defense is ready for it. Right, every time. Because he knows what to do. A lot of these young guys, they can't figure it out. And no fault to them. It's complicated. And that, that's why there's only so many people like Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, et cetera. Colin Kaepernick was is great athlete, does a lot of running around, did a lot of things when the defense was basically making things easier for them. I mean, but that team has imploded, and he's imploding right along with them. Yeah, and I bring it up. Look, everybody's finally on board with us. I don't think we heard a lot of clamoring for Colin Kaepernick in this no. preseason. I just basically bring that up because I'm petty, and I'm a child, and going back to 2012, pretty much just wanted to say, told you so. Yeah. <laughs> told ex- you so. Yep, you Bam. betcha. Ding, ding. All right, I'm going to give a game ball. I don't like – well, you know what? I'm going to give it to somebody who hasn't had a game ball from either one of us. All right. Rashard Matthews, 113 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. What do we make of him? This is all season with this kid. Well, you know, time will tell, but um, he sure looks like the real deal right now. And, um, you know, he's kind of like um, Devontae Freeman in a way. You know, is he going to be an automatic start now? You know, I don't really know that. But, you know, right now you're looking at 16 catches, 262 yards, and uh, three touchdowns. Not bad. I think I'd ride him while I can. Going up against an awful tough jet defense this week. So, I guess if we get to the slant, it's going to be between who he's going against. Because I don't think this kid's on that Miami offense. As high as I was on Ryan Tannehill going in, their running game's dissolved. Oh, Lamar Miller's been yeah. maybe one of the busts of the year. Exactly. And so, yeah, I don't know if he's an automatic start. He's getting there, Rick. He's getting there. There's no question about that. And he's right behind DeAndre Hopkins as far as fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, three touchdowns leading leading that team as much as – 
And it's interesting. Jarvis Landry's still been the the target hawk. And in a PPR format, Landry's putting up his numbers, but you haven't seen the splash plays. The splash plays have come from Matthews. We're, we're talking a guy, Rick, you, know, you dynasty guys probably probably talked a lot about him in the preseason. This is a guy who wasn't even on my radar. And, and, you know, one week from a wide receiver especially, I, I kind of, okay, th- th- that was nice. That, that, that's great. You give me two weeks of it, and now three weeks of it, Rick. Now, now you got my attention. Yeah. Now this guy's a focus in the offense. The offense has struggled, quite frankly. But while Landry's doing what we expected and getting a ton of catches and getting yardage, it's Matthews making the splash plays when they need a play. That's the way they're going. So certainly something to keep an eye on. Oh yeah, he's had what two hundred and twenty-eight yards the last two weeks. So yeah, I mean he's he's right there. There's no question about that. I really like this kid. All right, so let's uh, let's jump on. I got to give a game ball here. I, I was be gonna, positive now. I was. I was going to go to Steve Smith right off the top, but we we talked enough about him early on in the show. Here's the one we got to talk about, Rick. I don't know what the hell to do, but for this week, and he got one in week one. Certainly didn't get one in week two. Keenan Allen, Rick, twelve, a buck thirty-three, yeah. and two touchdowns. What in the world do you do if you're a Keenan Allen owner? Because there is every possibility he comes out and takes a hook this week, a zippy, nada. But he's got this in him as well. Bottom line, you have got to play this you guy. You have to but play he is him. Going, he is going to win individually. He's going to win you X amount of games, and he is going to individually and personally lose you probably an equal amount of games. This is why I avoided the guy. My biggest he, advice to, to fantasy owners – is pedal him now. Maybe. After a huge game, get what you – I mean, get something good. And, and, you know, depending on what you're looking for. You could get a – I don't know. I mean, it depends on what your your team needs is. But you could get a solid running back. Right. You could get – yeah, especially like in a PPR format, you could get somebody like a – I don't know. Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, right? something like that. Maybe a Mike Evans, somebody like that you could get. Would you make that deal? I would. I don't know if I would or not. I'm, I am not sold on this Tampa Bay offense. I mean, Mike Evans has just been horrifying. Well, he missed game one due to True. the injury. Game two, they, they rushed him out, basically used him as a really flashy and expensive decoy. Now, week three, he was back. He was healthy. Seven catches for 101 yards. I think he's still the first option in that offense. Right. I think I'd feel better about Evan. Because here's yeah. the problem. You're going to see four or five more games like this out of Keenan Allen. But you're going to see four or five games of what you saw in week two. Absolute zilch, not a zip. Right. I can't live with that. If you have a high, high risk and stress tolerance – by all means, Keenan Allen is your man. I can't do it. And I don't want to roll into the playoffs and then he has one of those disappearing acts and week one of the playoffs and my season's over. This guy is just absolutely terrifying. Exactly. I mean, 166 yards in week one, 16 yards in week two, 133 in week three. Does that mean against Cleveland this week he gets 22 yards? In I don't know. Likelihood. It could. And it's not matchup based. It, it there's no logic. To no, it. There's, there's not no predicting it. I've gone back when we talked about this a ton last year. You go back and you look at it. There is no rhyme or reason for any of it. 
any week there's no matchup. It's just some weeks he's the 100% focus, and right. other weeks he disappears. Yeah. In, in, in that 24-19 loss to Cincinnati in week two, you know, six, 16 catch – I mean, excuse me, 16 yards. And they scored 19 points, you know, pretty close, tight game. He got the doors blowed off him by Minnesota, 31-14. He scores both touchdowns, 133 yeah. yards. They got their teeth kicked in. Up I there. know, just destroyed. I, I, it's, it's terrible. I, I, I love Keenan Allen, and, and you know I'm not nearly as high on Phil Rivers as I was two or three years ago. I was looking for more of a resurgence from him. He's Jekyll and Hyde all the time too. But Keenan Allen is just like. Well, let's not forget in 2013, you were a captain of the SS yeah. Keenan Allen. You were onto this kid early. And you look like a genius, and then he just fell off the table in 2014. And now this year's the perfect right. mixture of what's best and worst about Keenan Allen. It yeah. just scares the hell out of me. It does. Simple it, as that. It really does. Okay, I'm going to give a stinky sock. Is that what we're at? Yes, yeah. it's time to get negative. You know what? I want to give one gigantic stinky sock to three people all at once. I mean, it's it's a monster size sock, and it stinks. And I'm giving it to three people, and I'm giving it to three people because they all had nothing: Tory Smith, Terrence Williams, and Roddy White. Yeah, nothing. Notice you couldn't give it to Roddy all on his own. Oh, you had to bring those other. I two gave him one him. last week, <laughs> but it. Okay, you have Terrence Williams targeted twice by backup quarterback Brandon Whedon. Let's not forget, Des Bryant is injured. So, Terrence Williams is now the number one wide receiver on Dallas. Right. He was targeted twice by Ex- Brandon Whedon. You can't explain it. I can. They only ran the ball Brandon four Whedon times. Brandon Whedon don't have a clue what's going well, on. that's right. They only ran the ball four times in the second half. Yeah. Which was stupid. They'd have won that game. Right. If they'd have kept doing what they were doing. Joseph Randall just tearing the doors off him. Lance Dunbar's got 10 catches, and you don't even target a Terrence Williams. He's your only playmaker left yeah. at the wide receiver position. Don't give me Cole Beasley. Get out of it. All you Cole Beasley people yeah. can, can take a hike. I'm done Cole with him. Cole Beasley, I don't know. Did does his dad have DVDs of Golden Richard somewhere along the line? Because this kid is he's just like the you know Golden Richard forty years later, you know the long blonde hair, the little guy wearing the Dallas Cowboy uniform. But yeah, I agree with you. He's the playmaker. He's the burner. Use him. You know, Brandon Whedon, according to Jerry Jones, the most gifted damn passer he ever saw. <laughs> well, and, and he can't fair, hit anybody. To be fair, he only threw three interceptions or incompletions. <laughs> I mean, I, he was he was very efficient. Well, yeah, if you're Just, throwing two yards of Lance Dunbar, I could probably complete a few too. I'll tell you what, let's get off the. What do you make of Lance Dunbar? He's kind of making a little bit of habit of this. This is a guy I'm gonna put in a flex in a PPR. Why not? In uh, PPR formats, the guy's I mean, valuable. He's, he's almost a must start, and he's a guy I slipped into. Uh, quite a few daily leagues last weekend and I had my best daily weekend in a long time and I attribute a lot of it to Lance Dunbar I got him for absolute nothing as my second running back in these leagues and he's given me 10 for I believe it was 100 right I think he was right at 100 yeah. yards 10 catches for 100 that's huge he's got 21 catches for yeah. 215 yards two out of three, three weeks yeah. he's been the primary target he was Tony Romo's primary target in week one and now with Whedon I think they continue to do this I agree all right I- 
before we get to a stinky sock, Rick, just because I'm my phone is blowing up here with a trade offer out there. Okay. In the league of consequence. All right. And I don't know what to do with this one. I think I know what to do. Okay. I want your opinion and maybe the the opinion of the listeners as well. Yeah, at Asylum Football, if you want to tell me what side you're on. So as everybody knows, I uh, we talked about we did a whole show on it. I decided to go basically no running back in this league. Yep, I recall. And the wide receivers didn't even pan out quite how I wanted them to, although it looks a little better now with Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins continuing to get it done. And Mike Evans looks like he's turning around a little bit. Plus, I have Dante Moncrief, who's been real solid for me in a flex. But right now, after after last week with Le'Veon Bell coming back, where D'Angelo Williams carried my team for two weeks, I'm down to my number one running back is Doug Williams, who's been a massive disappointment for me, a guy I bought too much into, and it looks like I was wrong on that one. I told you so. You did, you did, you did. (laughs) That's a long one. Boy, isn't it, though? I rolled with David Johnson as my number two last week. I can't do that with Ellington coming back. So right now I'm looking at Doug Martin. And Rashad Jennings is my top two running backs. And playing wide receivers in the flex, which I'm fine with. Plus, I got Martellus Bennett at tight end. It looked real good until Jimmy Clausen rolled into town. Now that doesn't look so doesn't look so good for anybody there in Chicago. So, so you basically have Rashad Jennings and Doug Martin. That's about what it boils down All to. All right. It, uh, nothing really to talk about behind that. You know, waiting for guys to get injured. To, to get back in the game. So, and this factors in for me, Rick. I don't know if you ever factor this into a trade, but uh, the guy who has so far been untouchable and by leaps and bounds the best team in the league this year has offered me a deal. Okay. So he wants me to give up Mike Evans, who you've kind of expressed that you weren't, uh, you weren't all in on. I'm a little more in on him than you are. And he's offered me Deion Lewis and Vincent Jackson for my Mike Evans. So I guess I have two questions. Do I help myself enough to basically give up on my theory before the draft time? You know, this was supposed to be an experiment. Do I cut bait on that, number one? And number two, do I make uh, said Mr. Tonelli, the creep, the cretin, the 'er ne'er-do-well, does that help him too much that I bury any chances of winning a title by like what we did with that other creep last year where we all made terrible trades to him and made him completely untouchable late in the season, which happened? Yeah, it can't happen. I mean, you always try to improve your team, obviously. Yeah, you know, Vincent Jackson, he's only got nine catches for the year. Yeah, he's been terrible. So basically I'm going to be rolling now. I'm going to move Moncrief up to my wide receiver two, along with my wide receiver three, excuse me, along with Antonio Brown and Hopkins. And obviously, and now we're getting the buy out of the way early, actually, with, with uh, Deion Lewis. And that's going to be my weekly flex play instead of rolling uh, Brown, Hopkins, you know, Evans, and then playing Moncrief hmm. in my flex. You know, on the surface, you would think, okay, man, you know, this is a no brainer. Deion Lewis is great. Still a New England back. New England backs scare me to death, too. And, you know, I'm not a huge Mike Evans guy, especially in the situation he's in right now. Right. 
where I feel comfortable with Lewis, I, I will but, say but this. Not, and I talked a lot on this on. Uh, I you're going to have to drop a guy too. Remember. Right. Well, I got plenty of guys I can well, drop. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll be just fine there. No concerns there. Plenty of turd running backs who I can All just right, go ahead okay. and give the boot to. Yeah, I thought I was a genius with this whole Cameron Artist pain thing. They're not even dressing the kids, so I think right. I'm not going to worry about him too much. I can let him go. But I think Deion Lewis, where I have less fear with him, I agree 100% with the New England running back theory, and we saw LeGarrette Blunt came out and uh, what was it, 70-some and a touchdown, I believe. I got it written down yeah. here. Uh, 18 for 78 and three touchdowns, excuse yeah, me, three not touchdown, a touchdown. Yeah. Now, that was one of those games where they were racking up the score. So be it. But Deion Lewis is filling that Shane Vereen role where he may disappear a week here or there if that's not part of the game plan. But I think especially in a PPR, he continues to be a big part. He's filling he's not the true New England running back. He's filling that Shane Vereen role, which is where I feel better about him. I think I spent a half an hour on this on one of the shows last week than I would with the general Patriots running back. Yeah. I tell you what, it's um you know, your running back situation is bad. There's there's no question oh, about it, that. But it, it redefines bad. I just All right, let's take the trade would, out of it. Let me ask you this. What do you feel more comfortable with? Martin Jennings, Brown, Hopkins, Evans, Moncrief as a starting okay. lineup or let me, let me hang on a minute. All right, yeah, we're gonna. Sorry, everybody, but we got to. This is important business here. This is the league of consequence. Jennings, Martin, Jennings, and Martin. Then we've got Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Dante Moncrief. That's my starting lineup. We'll throw out the quarterbacks and the tight end. That doesn't okay. Matter. Or do you like Lewis, Doug Martin, Antonio Brown? DeAndre Hopkins, Dante Moncrief. Is that everybody? I like um I'd rather have Jennings and Martin in there. You think? And then have have your big three wide receivers. If Evans had what, a hundred yards last week. Seven for one oh one. I'd rather have those three and Moncrief as your flex. Right. Over Deion Lewis is my flex. Yes. I would. That that's that's my take on that. Look, I like Vincent Jackson, but I tell you what, Tampa's not very good, and he's only got nine catches for the year, and Evans just got seven in a game. Right, right. Yeah, Vincent Jackson's a throwaway. He's just a a bench. Well, piece, that's a bye week. That's team. the thing. What's the point? So basically, so, it's Evans for for Lewis. Right, and I think Evans is better. I think you're right because I don't know what I do with my flex then. Because Moncrief becomes my number three. I'm still looking at having to play Jennings or somebody else off the bench in my flex. Yeah, if you're going to start Lewis as a running back, then you still have to have Jennings or somebody in the flex. Right. You don't want to stick Vincent Jackson in there. No, I can't do that. Yeah, I don't think I can make this deal. I don't think you can. All right. Well, I'm going to text him back and tell him to pound it up his uh, can here. All right, Rick, let's move on. I think I owe you a stinky sock. This one stuns me, and it's becoming a habit, and I'm getting nervous. As much as I'm a Gio Bernard fan and love what he's doing, once again, Jeremy Hill, 12 carries, 21 yards. 
This was one of my starts last week. Sorry about that. I was wrong on that one. This kid is going nowhere and going nowhere fast. Well, that's one reason why I don't like to miss the slant because you misguide everyone. I tend to do that. and um, I hit on a few. You know, I was looking for, and we talked about this in the preseason, I was looking for good things with Bernard. But I wasn't thinking what's happening. You mean him being the primary back? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about, you know, because a lot of the people were saying, okay, you know, Bernard's on the way out. He's not the guy. I got into a Twitter argument with somebody, you know, they're saying he's not talented enough to be the guy and this, that, and the other. I think he is. What the story is with Jeremy Hill, I'm not sure. But when we were expecting, say, I was expecting like a 60-40 Hill-Bernard sort of work, you know, load displacement. I mean, Gio Bernard is, is producing. Jeremy Hill's doing nothing. No, and this is an undefeated football team. It's yeah. not like they're struggling and they're trying to figure out what's going on. How much are they going to change what they're doing? Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm nervous. And, and we're listening to – I don't know if he'll come up on it, but uh, we're going to talk about uh, buy low or, or cut bait. I think Jeremy Hill's certainly a candidate for that, a guy we need to have a further discussion on. So we, oh, All right, I'll tell you what. Eight minutes left. Where eight minutes left. You know what? Up? I think we've given up enough balls and socks. I want to hit on something right now, just All right. regular football. All right, let's do it. Top five power rankings, just NFL teams, not fantasy anything. Okay, to me. To you. Or who's your number five right now? You can. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a minute to write them down. might be easier to go one to five. So, yeah. Okay, whatever you me. want to do. Pad for me while okay, I Okay, uh, I'm going to go. Out. I'll give – you want me to give my five yeah, first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, my headphones off so I'm not yeah. – uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're we're in different studios here. <laughs> That's right, so I'm not influenced <laughs> right. by your picks. <laughs> Number five right now, Denver Broncos. And not typically the reason why you would think of Denver Broncos. It's not so much the offense. You know, look, they're they're making Peyton Manning's still good enough to make you pay if you screw up. But it's the defense that's keeping them there. They won the first two games for him, and I dare say they had a lot to do with the third game. And, um, you know, if Peyton Manning can stay healthy and even get a little bit of his arm strength back and some accuracy, still a dangerous team. Number four, the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals are 3-0. and Andy Dalton's playing unconscious. Gio Bernard's picking up where Jeremy Hill's not. A.J. Green finally emerging a little bit. Tyler Eifert playing well. Since he's got a pretty good defense. Number three. I'm going New England Patriots. A lot of them, a lot of people have them as the best team right now, but it, they have a, they have a few gaps in defense, which I'm not liking a lot. I mean, Pittsburgh's offense with Ben was in there should have won that game. So I'm going Patriots three, number two Cardinals. That team is brutal. They're brutal on defense, and their offense is knocking socks off people, and. Uh, the defense makes so many turnovers, makes so many things happen. I really love the Cardinals. And like Rick and I were saying, Carson Palmer stays healthy. The running backs stay healthy. This is a team that could threaten for the Super Bowl. And number one right now, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers is so good. And the offense is so complete. And defense is playing good enough. And I think they could win it all too. All right. I have mine prepared. There's only going to be. Oh, he's back in studio. That's right, back in the studio. Headphones off. 
Little Birdie told me what your top five was, and ours aren't going to be very different. However, my number five team is going to knock your socks off, Rick, and I'm not doing this as a show bit. I quite honestly believe it. My number five team right now is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I this mean, is a okay. fearsome, game-changing defense. You've got, while McCoy has struggled, it's still a running game getting the job done between Williams and McCoy and what they can do. Tyrod Taylor looks like Colin Kaepernick in that first year when we all twisted our shirts over our heads so excited about Colin Kaepernick. He's still getting away with it, and these guys usually get a season of this. It, Tyrod Taylor's a legitimate fantasy start each and every week at this point blew the doors off of two what we thought playoff teams, right? Right, yeah. In in the Colts and in the Dolphins. And while everybody talks about how they got dominated by the New England Patriots, and for stretches they did at the end of the game, that was a one-possession game. Right. Buffalo Bills are for real, I believe. Now, the way things happen in Buffalo, this apple could roll off the table at any minute now. But right now, to me, the Buffalo Bills are the fifth – most team that I would not want to face right now as an NFL fan. Number four, Cincinnati Bengals, you know, just doing it right. Good, solid offensively, solid defensively. Look, it, does it last? I think Andy Dalton comes back to earth a little bit. But with that running back situation they have with an A.J. Green, with a top defense like they have, love the Bengals. I got the Cardinals at number three. Look, if Carson Palmer stays healthy, this may be the one team that can beat the Packers. Number two, I got the Patriots, one Packers. You could flip those any way you want them. I don't. Do they play this year? I don't think they do. It's a game I would love to see, but probably what your Super Bowl is going to be. So Packers, Patriots, Cardinals, Bengals, and I bring in the surprise a little bit with the Buffalo Bills. Okay. You know, that, that's I, I thought about Buffalo, but I just kind of like – just what Denver's brought to the table defensively as well, and I think the offense is still a little bit better. But, uh, you know, you can flip a coin of those. Okay, how about the bottom five? We have a couple minutes left. I can run through mine if you want. Now, right. You can leave leave yeah. studio me, if you want. Uh, <laughs> let me take my headphones off again. Okay, let's see. There's 32 teams. Uh, 32, 31, 30, 28. 28. Tampa Bay Bucks. It's hard to buy into, you know, a brand-new offense like that. Doug Martin, I think, still a little overhyped. You know, although he's he's looking okay. Mike Evans is back. They've won a game. They beat New Orleans in the Dome. So, uh, you know, I think they're trending a little bit in the right direction. But, you know, they're rebuilding and they're young. 29, the Dolphins. They offensively cannot do anything save for, for uh, Rashard Matthews. But the defense is letting them down as well. And I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Miami. I We expected a lot more than what we're getting right now. 30, the Saints. Uh, you know, looking more like the Aints all over again. Drew Brees already banged up. They're just not getting the job done. They can't stop anybody. And you know what? They don't scare anybody at home anymore. It used to be it was automatic. You go to the Dome, you might as well just get out of there. But, uh, you know, they've lost – I don't know what it is. I had, I'd have to look it up. I saw it one time. They lost like the last five or six games in the Dome. 31, the Lions, horrifying. I don't know what's going on with the offense. 
Save Calvin Johnson showing a few little splashes here and there. Matt Stafford is exactly who I thought Matt Stafford was. He's mediocre at best. The defense is nothing compared to what it was last year with all the losses they've had. And I don't like the Lions. But the worst team just got blanked 26 nothing this past week. And even Jay Cutler's out. Chicago. I mean, there's nothing I like about Chicago right now. Their defense stinks. Their offense is is really crippled with Cutler out of there. And, that, and that's saying something because Cutler has really underwhelmed, you know, to despite all the money they dumped at him. He's not really – he's not a leader, but they look really bad now. Yeah, Rick, I, I think we have a lot of agreement there. I'll just go through them. We are up against the top of the hour here. At 28, I have the, the Detroit Lions for all the reasons you laid out. For all the weapons that team has offensively, there's just no sparkle to them. You don't fear them. Maybe Matt Stafford. Calvin Johnson's taking a step back, a bigger step back than, than I expected go heading into the season, quite frankly. For me, the Saints are at 29. I think you could, they could be higher on this list. I'm giving them a Drew Brees discount here, I think. <laughs> I have to believe if he gets healthy, a Drew Brees-led team could be dangerous any given week. The defense is horrific. They've got some weapons offensively. If you could get Drew Brees back healthy, that team could get better. At 30, the Tampa Bay Bucks just lacking in all areas. Jameis Winston still growing. They're, they're going to have some real growing pains this year, but but could be a team in the future heading in the right direction. For me at 31, Rick, the San Francisco 49ers. Look, they, they really impressed in week one, and then we really saw what we thought we were going to see in but weeks they are to, who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Th- thank you for that. But it just really saw their stripes, and I think that's who the 49ers are. And I agree 32 with the Bears. They were bad going in. Then you lose your quarterback for, for an extended period of time. And now on what is a horrific defense, they spent the entire week trading away any legitimate NFL talent they had on the right. defensive side of the ball. You know, this is a baseball move where you're you're deciding to rebuild. You don't see this in the NFL. So if the Chicago Bears brass has given up on that team, I'm certainly going to give up on that team. And it's going to be a long, long, hard season there on the midway, I believe. Yeah, there's no question about that. that, that this is a, a two-win team. Maybe. We're looking at yeah. If in all, if what is it, Galway Yahweh Yahweh points them in the right direction. They may win too. Football Yahweh will throw them one (laughs) here, here or there. All right. Well, it is past time. You got bonus time. OT here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Thanks so much for joining us this week. It it was great to be back. And I got to admit, Rick, it was kind of nice having you back in studio. Well, I tell you what, it was great being here. I mean, I. I needed to bring us down a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So, bring us back to earth. So right. that's it. Sunday, Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern, Fantasy Sports Network, Cablevision Channel 147, and providers, quite frankly, all over the country. So check your local listing, see if you have the Fantasy Sports Network. Hear your boys, an all-new episode of the show, Saturday, yeah. 1 o'clock Eastern. If not, get on FantasySportsNetwork.com. Get yourself a little free account, and you free. can watch it live right there or free on the Internet. Free and easy. You can see it. Uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, Sunday, the Sunday morning inside slant. All your headlines, your questions, the mailbag, the chat room, everything you need, we are there. 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio, AsylumFantasySports.com. So until Saturday or Sunday or next week, we'll see you. Take care.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.